0: What's going on, everyone. Swim Karim here, back with another episode from our Uncut series, nonprofit insider Uncut series, where we dive, you know, fifteen minutes or less into some aspects into the nonprofit space, the things that don't make the final cut. Just one to missed last week. I had a lot going on. Valentine's Day. If you've been following me on Instagram, you know I was in Philadelphia. I was back in my hometown. I was handling some business. So I was like, you know what. I could get this episode out, but I want to give y'all some quality stuff every time you're here listening. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna hold off on it. We'll bring it back for the next episode. But we're back and we're gonna keep pushing. We're gonna have some really great episodes. I have some, well, I have some interviews coming up. <laughs> there's still a ways away. I always talk about them like I know I have some interviews coming up, but there's still a ways away. Um, but around March, it's gonna be our one year anniversary of the nonprofit insider podcast. It's around the time my birthday. Pisces season is upon us. It is it's here, it's in full swing. So shout out to all my Pisces, shout out to all my water signs. Love my water signs. Um, as usual, be sure to like and subscribe. You can follow us on TikTok, follow us on Instagram, and be sure to leave a review. Whether you listen on Spotify or you listen on Apple Leave a review. And if you listen on Apple, you can leave some extra reviews. You can always leave the five stars, but you could type in some of the things that you're really thinking. Good episode for today. One of the things, I don't even know how this conversation kind of came up, but my girlfriend was like, hey, we were I think we were watching something, or maybe she had read an article or something like that. And she said, Hey, you should do an episode about the fact that when you're at the cash register and you donate money a lot of these big businesses and fortune 500 companies get tax breaks from this i said oh wait a minute. i said first of all i was like uh, i don't think that's right <laughs> you know how it's like someone tells you something you don't want to like gas like them or, or or anything like that because you never know right but i was like uh, i don't really think that's how it works i said you know what? Let, let me let me do a little bit of a, a research here so one of the things we're going to talk about on today's episode is donating money at the cash register. You go to your local Lowe's, and Lowe's is not local, but let's say you go to your Lowe's, or you go to your local uh, restaurant. So you go to a local restaurant, hardware store, whatever, whatever the case may be, a place that you frequent, and at the end of the sale. They say your subtotal is X, Y, Z, and you put your card in and they say, hey, do you do you want to donate a dollar to this particular organization? Do you want to round up? I go to the local co-op here, La Montanita Co-op, and they'll oftentimes have a nonprofit that they're sponsoring. i say, hey, you want to round up to the nearest dollar to you know, Watermelon Ranch or the local Big Brothers, Big Sisters organization, whatever the case may be. We're going to talk about that because I think there's, like my girlfriend, respectfully, right? Like my girlfriend, I think there's some feelings and thoughts that exist out there that are simply not true. And I think that can impact a lot of parts of the nonprofit space. So we're going to talk about that. And we're going to look at it through three angles. We're going to look at it through the angle of the organization that serves as the median or the medium for this. We're going to look at it through the aspect of the customer, you, you buy something and you round up 63 cents to the local uh, animal shelter, what that really looks like. And then we're going to look at it through the angle of the nonprofit. And so we're going to look at these three angles on this three-legged stool. And we're going to talk about all the different aspects of donating at the cash register. And real fast, before we get into it, listen, if you've listened to the Nonprofit Insider Podcast, you know I like a good cup of tea. If you've ever watched the Instagram videos or see me on TikTok, I always got a steaming hot uh, cup of tea with me. <laughs> I just had a cup of tea right before I recorded this. And when it comes to tea, I like to go to artoftea.com. They have an amazing collection of teas. Whether you're looking for gifts, uh, maybe your your Valentine's Day is coming up. We know you're going to want to give something really nice. Give something a little bit different. Give tea. That's a gift that I would love. Get 10% off your next purchase of r We have information in the show notes. Be sure to check them out. Let them know we sent you all right we're back and one of the things over the last 15 to 20 years you've seen an explosion of organizations especially retail organizations using different types of points of sale you may have seen there's like videos out there of the different ways the cash register has evolved over time from like like computers right from giant hulking i mean like what feels like you know, a quarter of a ton type of machines to now. When I'm in, a, when I'm at Frank's Chicken and Waffles here in Albuquerque, they just come straight to the to to the to to the table, and they say, "Hey, you can just pay right here." I remember going to Applebee's many years ago, just like in 2015 or something like that, and you could pay right there at the table. So the advancements of just the way we pay for things, it's just becoming simpler and easy, a lot more electronics. And one of the things when you go to different stores, different restaurants, uh, sometimes even online, uh, you have the ability to do donations. I know when I pay my bill through PM, it's, I think, I don't know what it stands for, but it's the electric, electric company. They have like a warm neighbor fund. So when I'm paying, you know, $150 for my electricity, they'll say, hey, do you want to donate, you know? anything from a penny you know to ten thousand dollars to to help fellow people pay their their uh, electricity bill and so you're going to be seeing a lot more and more of this and as it becomes more and more popular a lot of different theories or ideas come around what who who does this benefit? who gets the credit? When these when I when I say yeah I'd like to donate an extra five dollars or donate five dollars to help my fellow New Mexico citizens pay their electricity bill, well what what happens when I'm at a grocery store and for this example we're gonna try to keep it real simple we're gonna use Whole Foods right I know Whole Foods is a chain they're owned by Jeff Bezos uh, so so they're not the perfect example but we all go grocery shopping whether we buy online or in person so we all have some type of familiar, familiarity with Grocery stores, right? And so we'll, we'll just use Whole Foods. They, they have a Whole Foods, a brand new one that's opening here in Albuquerque. Like if you're listening to this, February twenty second, it's already open. So we'll, we'll use Whole Foods as an example. When you go to your Whole Foods and they say, "Hey, would you like to donate a dollar or would you like to round up whatever the process that they may do for a, a local nonprofit?" In those types of instances who gets the credit. And the reason why this conversation came up was because my girlfriend was saying that these companies are getting tax breaks or tax benefits. And so I always like the preface one, not a lawyer. And by no means am I a tax expert. So there can be different ways this is calculated from states and things like that. But for the most part, when we're talking on a federal level doing income taxes and this is a tax season type of time that that's just honestly it's just not true and so I, let's look at it through through three different angles and, and I think that's really going to showcase us a little bit more about what we're talking about so first the organization and in this case Whole Foods and it could be Whole Foods it could be your local taco shop It could be your local landscape company, whatever the case may be. But for this purpose, we'll just use Whole Foods. It's a grocery store and they sell all types of things, right? From the angle of the organization, or in this particular case, the for-profit organization, they serve as the medium, right? They're serving as the centerpiece between you as the customer and between the nonprofit. So when you bring up a bill of $30 and you decide, let's say it's $30 and let's say it's 50 cents, just we'll keep it round number, $30 and 50 cents. And they say, hey, would you like to round up to the nearest dollar to support, let me think of a good one here. Let's say the New Mexico uh, College Scholarship Foundation. I don't even know if that's a real thing. And you say, yes, I'd like to donate 50 cents to that. When that happens, The organization as a whole, Whole Foods, let's say over the span of a month, they're doing it for that particular New Mexico scholarship organization. Over the span of a month, let's just say they raise $50,000. The Whole Foods here in Albuquerque does not get any additional breaks or benefits in that particular instance. And this is important. This is important because a lot of people will think that Yes, the nonprofit gets the money, and yes, the customer comes out 50 cents here, 35 cents here, a dollar here, whatever the case may be, but a lot of people think that that Whole Foods gets a form of tax benefits, and so we need to dispel that that right now because this is very, very important because I think whether you decide to donate or not, that's your business, but if you decide not to donate donate thinking that that Whole Foods gets a, a break on taxes then then that's that's just simply not true and we need to dispel that. What happens is if over the span of a month, let's say 100,000 different customers come through that Whole Foods and in total they donate $50,000 to that local organization, the organization just simply puts that money to the side. They are not able to put that type of money on their particular books as a form of income. And so more often than not, as a, as a point-of-sale fundraiser, and that's what this is, point-of-sale fundraising, nonprofits will generally do one of two things. Nonprofits will say, okay, we're going to donate for every sale that happens. Let's say we do a million dollars in sale, and for every uh, dollar, we're going to give 1% to your nonprofit. That doesn't affect you as the customer at all. So if you spend 50 bucks or 100 bucks, they're just going to give a dollar to that organization. You didn't have to come out and you didn't have to give that Whole Foods extra money. But if they say, hey, we're doing a fundraiser through the local scholarship fund, would you be interested in donating a dollar? In those types of instances, they take that money and they just pull it to the side. They are not able to put that as a form of income because if they put that as a form of income, then they're able to turn around and use that money for tax breaks. That is very much so a no-no. That is actually against the law. That is breaking laws by doing that because there hasn't been an exchange of any products or services. So you can't take my you can't take the community's $50,000 and put that on your books as a form of income because that's not how it works. They didn't purchase anything from you. They just gave you the money under the guise that that money is going to a local nonprofit, which is totally fine and legal. So we need to dispel that right off the jump. One of the things that comes up a lot, however, is if they don't get tax breaks, why does the organization do it? Well, the simple fact is because if they're trying to be a deeper and bigger part of the community, it's in their best advantage. It's in their best interest to say, hey, we're out here raising money. And now this is where it starts to get a little bit tricky because you as an organization, let's say as a Whole Foods, as a Smith's, as a taco shop, whatever, can say in the year 2023, our organization helped raise, let's say, $150,000. Hundred fifty thousand dollars. They don't. They may not say fifty thousand of that money was specifically donated by their customers. Eh? You with me? So they may not say that. They may. The organization of Whole Foods may give a hundred thousand dollars to nonprofits, but fifty thousand additional dollars may have come from the customers themselves. But they may not say that, and so. The big advantage for a lot of organizations is one, they have the ability to use that as a promotional tactic, saying that they're out there raising money, even if, again, even if they're not getting tax breaks by doing that, they could say, hey, we've raised all this money for our local community, eh, but you didn't give the money out of your pocket. The customers did. And so that's where I think a lot of bullshit comes into play and why there are a lot of individuals like my girlfriend who think that, oh, I'm not gonna donate money at the, the point of sale to this nonprofit. I'd rather give the money directly. Well, that's totally fine, but to, to think that that they are getting some type of tax rate is just it's just simply not true. But when you go back to the question of who gets the credit from the organizations, the customer or nonprofit, a lot of time it is the organizations that do all of these things because they wanna be able to get a lot of the credit. Right. The customer doesn't really get a lot of credit. We'll talk about that here in about a minute. And the nonprofit, I mean, they get the reward, but they don't necessarily get the credit. So we'll talk about that here a little bit more. The second angle worth looking at, the customer. One of the reasons I think there are a lot of different rumors that need to be dispelled in this particular space is because a lot of customers are getting uh, tipping fatigue. And whenever you go to a grocery store, whenever you go pretty much anywhere, either you're being asked to donate or you're being asked to tip. And we all heard of tipping fatigue, where it's just like, oh my gosh, like I just want to pay and kind of keep it moving. But now I got to calculate, well, do I give 18%? Do I give 20%? And, And it can be hard to do a lot of that mental math in the moment when there's a line of 18 people behind you, you're trying to get home, you're trying to feed your kids. So a lot of this is very reminiscent of tipping. Do I or don't I do it? And sometimes it's just that simple. And for a lot of people, it feels very, very good to do it. It feels very, very good to do it. Because it's easy. And in the grand scheme of things, what's 27 cents? Well, what's 27 cents? I'm at this fucking grocery store. I haven't donated any money at all this year to any nonprofits or wh- whatever the case may be. But I'm in this grocery store. There's this 18 year old. She's ringing me up and she's like, "Hey, do I want to donate to this local uh, children's fund or this local uh, animal shelter?" You know what? Why not? I just got my tax. I just got ten thousand dollars on my taxes. I-, I just, you know, got paid today. Whatever the case may be. It's only 37 cents. Yeah, go ahead, round it up. And it's easy and it feels really good to a lot of customers in that particular moment. But for a lot of customers, it does make people feel uh, some type of way. And usually the type of way is usually one of three things. Usually one, someone just says, sure, do it, right? Whether they are familiar with the nonprofit or not, it's just easy, sure, do it. The second is, yeah, whatever. A lot of times, customers in the moment will say, well, what's the nonprofit that's being benefited? Oh, it's this nonprofit. Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. Uh, what's the nonprofit that's being benefited? Oh, it's this nonprofit. Well, actually, yeah, I'll pass today. I actually already donate to them, All right? So sometimes it could be kind of like a whatever type of situation of, eh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. It just depends on how I'm feeling at that moment in time. Do I need the cat? Am I paying with cash? Am I paying with card? Am I paying on uh my work card? You know, maybe I'm traveling and I'm using my work card and I can't do that type of thing. You know, whatever the case may be. But the third feeling that I think a lot of people feel, maybe 15, 20%, is why do I have to fund this? And I get this a lot. I hear this a lot of why do I have to be the one helping fund this? Even though for generations, for decades upon decades, nonprofits, 501c3s have exist, there are a lot of moments where in that particular moment where you're just trying to buy a six-pack of beer, a steak, and go home and chill from a long week, you go, why do I have to fund this? Why am I being asked this? Even though they've asked, you know they've asked every single customer this for eight hours straight, it can still feel like, well, I can't you just donate money as the Whole Foods. Why can't the government pitch in more money? Why am I having, why are we as the collective having been being asked to do this? And I think that's fair. And again, it reminiscent, it's very reminiscent of tipping where you go to a store and go, gosh, like you want people to be paid well, but I'm being asked to tip on everything. Can you just factor in all of that into the cost? Why do we live in a society where that's even a thing? You go to places like France, all that's included in the cost. But here in America, we're like, we got a tip and we're just like, I do not know how to do this. I don't know what's right. I don't know what feels, what actually should feel good. And, And so you can feel some type of way about it. And it's no surprise that when it comes to donating at the cash register, a lot of people are like, fuck it. I don't want to do it. And the third angle worth obviously looking at, is the angle from the nonprofit. And one of the things that I think a lot of people may not realize is that a overwhelming majority of 501C organizations, especially 501C3 organizations, are not able to participate in a lot of these ventures. A lot of times you have to have really good connections. You have to have really good... Um, really good roots in a particular community. You have to have the size. I mean, there's a whole lot that goes into it because if you're a Whole Foods, you may at most do one of these types of ventures 12 times a year. You may have one nonprofit every month that you you focus on for 30 days. You may have one nonprofit every quarter, depending on the size of your organization. So out of the span of a year, there may only be four slots for a nonprofit to serve as the beneficiary of these types of of point-of-sale donations. And so it's not as easy as the general public thinks to be selected. And it's not as common uh, for nonprofits to be chosen for these. And when thinking of our day-to-day purchases, a lot of us, to be honest, we, we aren't in a position to really do a lot of these donations as customers. So it's no surprise that nonprofits, we think that every nonprofit's doing it. it it's a, I'd, I, I try to find some numbers on this. I'd be one to venture that less than 8% of all nonprofits are ever able to participate at a cash register point-of-sale donation um, benefit, beneficiary ever. I bet it's, I bet less than 8% have done it just one time, and I bet less than 5% are able to do it time after time after time, year over year. It's not as common as people think. And another thing that a lot of people may not realize is that it can be a very small portion of a nonprofit's annual revenue, sometimes as low as 5%. Again, depending on the size of your nonprofit, depending on the scale, you may look at the entire annual revenue and that one month that you are at Whole Foods may constitute 15% of all the money you raised. It may constitute 12% of all the money you raised. Still better than nothing, right? I mean, listen, I'll take a $50,000 check at any point in time. But if I get a $50,000 check from that Whole Foods, I may still have $675,000 in expenses. It's nice, but it's not everything. And I think a lot of people in the general public think that we are, again, going back to why do I have to fund this when a customer says that, a lot of people in the general public may think that these nonprofits are relying 45, 55, 60% of their income on these types of fundraisers. And that's and just simply, it's just simply not true. And one of the big things from the nonprofits angle through, through all of those things, right? A lot of organizations need to do a better job in their selection committee. There's a lot of discrimination that comes into it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of hurdles that a lot, a lot of nonprofits have to jump through even to be a part of these types of fundraising endeavors. But through all that, it's still pretty nice. It's still pretty nice because if you are a nonprofit, for whatever reason, you probably meet with the managers or the the territory folks or the district folks. There's still probably some things you have to do, but there's still something very nice about the fact that unlike a fundraising event, a donor breakfast, we talked about that in the last episode, compared to all of those things, it's very, very nice to just have the organization do a lot of the work for you. And you get a check for $50,000 in the mail. Damn. That's nice, right? You didn't have to fundraise, deal with caterers, MCs, book a hotel, book a ballroom. You don't have to do any of that. And that's why these things are gonna continue. Because from the nonprofit standpoint, it's very beneficial and very, very nice. From the customer standpoint, it's a small amount of money, like a tax, right? It's a small amount of money. And then you give the money, you feel good, you know, you're know you able to do it, and you're able to help your local community. And from the organization standpoint, they get the credit. They serve as the medium, they're able to say that they're raising all this money, and they are able to be a staple in your local community, whatever the case may be. So donating at the cash register isn't going anywhere, but now we all know, now you know that these organizations are not walking away skirting around money. Well, listen, we know Jeff Bezos, Whole Foods, he just moved to Florida. <laughs> so we, he, he's definitely trying to avoid some taxes. Uh, but when it comes to his, his, his grocery stores, this isn't the one of the ways. They have a, a lot of these big wigs, Fortune 500 companies, CEOs, founders. They have a lot of ways skirting skirt around money. This isn't one that as a society we need to worry about, at least not quite yet.